Before we start talking about all the games we played in 2023, I just want to bring up that we are not going to be touching on the all the layoffs and all the craziness that happened in 2023 on the game developer side. There are many other podcasts that have actual journalists and all that jazz that can talk in depth about those things. We are not going to touch that here on this podcast. And it is totally okay just to celebrate the games we played this year. There's a nuanced discussion for that, just so you're aware, but we are throwing that out there. So let's dive into our favorite games from 2023. Welcome to Bits of Time, and welcome to our final episode about 2023, technically. It's 2024. We always take a little while to get into it. Yes, we do. And that beautiful voice you just heard was my brother, Michael, and I'm Larry. Which one of us wants to start first? Well, we have to explain, just in case this is your first time. Oh, yeah, that's right. I always forget about this bit. (laughs) Just in case it's your first time. Our game of the year list is any game that we finished in 2023. It could have come out in 1990, 1972, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it does, or it's games from 2023. So our list will be varied. Me personally, I only put games on that I finish from that year. Yeah, mine is close, but I have a couple that I haven't quite finished yet. And that's totally fine. I will say this. I was looking over my list. Eight of my ten are from this year, though. Or from 2023. So it How was things busy have year. changed. <laughs> That's impressive. How many games, Larry, do you think are on my list from 2023? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw some. I'm gonna assume Zelda's on there. I'm going to assume Final Fantasy 16 is on there. I think Dead Space might be on there. I'm gonna say four. Okay. We'll see if you're right. I shouldn't have told you my number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you just do things the way it is. Last year, just because I love me some stats, I finished 37 games. 38 if you count the replay of Halo 3 ODST, you which you should check out that game from season this season. No. Yeah. ODST is this yeah, season. Yeah, <laughs> season four, December. That was a lot of fun. Let me tell you. You beat 38 a- games? Yeah, I did, oh which gosh. is... Kind of low, but that's because, <laughs> yeah, for me, We're uh, so I, I play, I'm starting to play a lot more RPGs and make that a priority, but that's how many games I beat in. Larry, I have so many honorable mentions that I'm just not going to say. Well, c- can I put the caveat out there that in a year where Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, uh, the Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, uh, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Zelda, all of these unbelievable games released, and I know I missed a whole bunch even on top of that. I haven't played any of those. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I feel like, I hope this upcoming year, 2024 here, is <laughs> slows down a little bit because I need some time to catch up on some of these games. You're the RPGs, baby. Here we go. Oof. All right. Uh, I feel like because I genuinely don't know what your number one is, I kind of want a little more suspense, so I think I'm going to start the list off. Okay. So, my first game actually was a game I played on my iPad. And this is a game I was heralding for a while, and I was actually quite excited about, but it's a little game that released this past March called Terra Nil. Oh, yeah. You, you've talked, you've mentioned that in yeah, so, the podcast. Yeah. I think the, one of the main reasons I was talking about it is I kept drafting it in our Fantasy Critic League for video games that we do, and it didn't end up doing as well. Uh, I would argue that most of the reviews were pretty accurate. It is a good game. I, it became my, I would play it for like 30 minutes in my bed at night. And it's just, it's a reverse city builder, basically. You are trying to remove all the damage that uh, humans have done and polluted oh. and bring nature back. And there's something so soothing about the animations and the music in this game. And I've fully beaten it. I've beaten all the sections. It is a great game. Uh, I highly recommend it. You can play it on a whole lot of different locations. I know on Steam, I believe it's usually $24.99. Netflix has a deal with it where you can subscribe and you get it. So it's available all over the place. But yeah, very much a comforting game. A little different than a lot of the amazing action-based and RPGs we got in 2023. Always fun when a cozy style of game is on your list. That's that's always exciting. You always have, I feel like you always throw a curveball on your list, and that's, that's I feel like I, yeah, I almost always do. By the way, shout out. I didn't add it to my list, but there's a, I recommended a game to you on the phone you can play, Mighty Doom, for a 
phone-based game, it's actually quite addicting and plays pretty darn well. It has its issues, and I eventually just went away with it from it, but it's actually pretty cool, too. There's a lot of that I think is going to start popping up more and more as we get further in as these phones keep getting more powerful. Larry's turning into a mobile gamer. Nothing wrong with that. <sighs> Nothing wrong with that, Larry. I, I wouldn't say that. Join the masses. <laughs> My number 10 for this year is 1994's Aerobiz Super Sonic. And that is an episode of the show that just released as of time we're recording this. It's interesting. So I don't feel I played this game enough to put it on my list. That's why it, I, it would probably be at like number 11, 12-ish or whatnot. I think had I played as many hours, yeah, you know, so to let it, everybody know. As of last night, the wife and I 100% completed this game. <laughs> it took us 156 hours to complete that's every scenario or every age and every level against the computers levels one through five those games take a very long time to play and it is if you don't know what it is it is just a super nintendo it's an xl strategy experience yeah it's just an airline simulator basically and you're just adjusting your fares and flying from different continents to the next and upgrading your planes and it is just one of those awesome hot seat multiplayer where you take turns and uh, yeah it's great uh, we, we were actually before we started recording this we were talking about that game and looking if there's some replacements out there and there just really is no there you should just look this game up find it just check it out check out the episode see if it's for you because it might be it's a nice cozy game even though if it, oh, it makes you stress <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of a game that is not stressful in the complete opposite direction, this is one of two games on my list that are on here because of my daughter. This is the latest entry. I think you saw me play it for a little bit, but it's Goat Simulator 3. And <laughs> to just be fair, there is no Goat Simulator 2. This game, the best way to describe it is just ridiculous. They they have so many like pop culture references that are hidden in things. They make fun of religions. They make fun of you know different technologies. And it's, but it's so unlock based. There's so many things to do. You constantly have like these obscure, like you have to suddenly, like there's a person drowning. They don't show you where they're at. And the ways to unlock it are you have to save this. It'll be like, here, save Todd. And then the character's name will be not Todd that's floating in the lake. And you have to be like, well, how, where the heck is the character at? And then it's, you have to find like 25 different boxes and get them in someone's garage. But then it'll be, there's a tornado that goes by that constantly blows a whole bunch of them out. So you have to find a way to block it. And it's just absolute nonsense. And the amount of fun me and my daughter had, we actually beat the game. I We unlocked everything. It was so much fun for, I, we probably put, I would say, about 15 hours into it total. I don't know what the how long to beat is on this. It's just fun. And there's so many unlocks. that I guess that's the best way to put it. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. And we need that. Yeah, and I have a game on this list that is just a joy and fun to play. And sometimes, yeah, it doesn't need to be the best story. It doesn't need to have the best game mechanics. If it if you're just having a good time, and obviously that can be heightened by having somebody sitting next to you playing or online, and that sounds exactly what that game is. Would I ever go venture out and play that game? But no, it's <laughs> there on you go, game Layla. Pass, so that, that's the beauty of it, though. <laughs> Thanks, niece, for adding to Larry's list. That's always fun. My number nine, this could be higher. I'm not sure. It just kind of depends. You know, when I'm making this list of mine is rearranged so many times. It was higher before. Now it's lower. Whatever. 2000s Wild Arms 2. Mm. Good old. I got into the PS1 library a lot this year, and I've never played this up until this time. And I up until this year, and I just flew through this game. And there's something very steady about the pacing you're just kind of clipping along the battle system is really fun i really like the character customization that they do and this the wild western theme mixed with an rpg that's with, the interesting part about it. yeah it's yeah. not super wild west but it's like technology over that it does some there's a puzzle in this game i watched a walkthrough of it and i still don't understand it. it's like <laughs> i would have if i did not have youtube i don't think i would ever have passed that puzzle unless oh, i just like interesting i i don't I can't even explain it. It's so weird. Like, you go through this octagon platform, and when you go on other platforms, it raises other ones, and you're supposed to go through different doors, and then it resets or something. I have no idea what you do, <laughs> but I 
I figured it out. I got through there. So there were some puzzle mechanics that were a little tedious. And How long of a game is this? Ooh, well, let me check. It took me 34 hours to finish, but I believe I died a couple times, and then, you know, in those RPGs, doesn't add that to your time. I want to say I spent about 40 hours with the game, though. And yeah, it's really good. Uh, the Why it's not higher is the translation is very bad. Like, ooh, there's ooh, sometimes okay. where I was like, I think I know what they're trying to say, <laughs> but I don't really know. But there is some definitely, like, what the fuck moments in it, too, mm. especially. And I, Dude, the anime cutscene, the opening is like the best music ever. I love it. I've listened to it so many times. If you've listened to YouTube videos, you'll probably hear that a lot on there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, super good game. Highly recommend it. But just go in. There's some old school mechanics and there's some puzzles that are ridiculous. And the end boss is stupid. And I say that because <laughs> it does this thing where if you don't use every party member, you I think you're screwed. Because you have to, so there's six party members, I believe. I think there's five, technically, and there's a secret one, whatever. I love that you're holding up seven fingers, though. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so you have, the boss is technically split into three or four parts. And you have to, like, send your characters out to three individual parts, and then whatever's left over fights the final boss. This this feels like Mass Effect. Yeah, and bit. it's oh, it's <laughs> terrible, terrible design. And that last boss is so hard. <laughs> so, mm. but, so it took me a while. I was very frustrated, but I got through it, and it was fun. Okay. Sounds like I, you kind of feel like you had a little more... Fr- you brought up more frustrations in the game. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the thing, because sometimes you focus on that, but... But like, again, ex- you got 34 hours or so out of it, so... Yeah, and clearly. exploring the world is interesting. Like, the world map, you press square, and then it sends out, like, this ring, and that's how you discover cities and stuff and mm. secrets, and there's just that... There's something quirky and awesome about the PS1 RPGs that I love. <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things you talked about was the pacing and how it was good. I would argue my number eight is actually a game that was recommended to me by Liv from the Between Two Gamers podcast. I know they have stopped it, but I still want to give you your shout out. I want to thank you for recommending this game to me. This is Firewatch. Ooh. Played this game, and I would say, at least for me, this is just a very calm, you do it at your leisure type game. It's an interesting story because you get a lot of, okay, what was going on in their past that's happening quite often in this game. And it's just, it kept me interested enough that I was constantly like, mm, maybe it's a little too slow. And then something happens where I'm like, ooh, what's going on here? And so it just does a very good job at leading you along. And, you know, it's it's kind of pretty emotional at different moments. You know, it's it, there's a lot there. I don't want to spoil too much about the story. It's very simple. You could It's a walking simulator, 100%. But there's a lot there, and there's a lot of little secrets and collectibles and things you can do. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was uh, – and for someone like me, it's a very short game, which I love and appreciate. <laughs> yes, you too. So, yeah, no, it's uh, – again, obviously, it's on my list. It's my eighth favorite. It's it's a good experience. I would give it – I almost would say it's like a good solid 8 out of 10. <laughs> hey, it's number eight on your list. What do you know? You have a very varied list. Very varied list. Yeah, yeah so far. Works. Yep gonna continue that don't worry <laughs> oh you said so far like it's going to change my number eight Ooh, this could be higher on some days but talking about fun games talking 2005 super mario strikers my Ooh. gosh is that game stupid fun mm-hmm. you should definitely listen to that episode that just came out on the podcast so i'm recommending a lot of games yeah. <laughs> from this previous season we're having that we're in right at the moment yeah, I there. I don't even know what to say. It's just so freaking fun. I was addicted to it for a very small por- portion of time. We played it a little bit when we were younger, and it's just an underrated sports game. Agreed. Yeah, it's it was addicting. It's just it's fun. I, it's funny when I think back to it. It's frustration is a big key part of it because, and it's not frustration because it's in a bad sense it's just like oh how did i let them get past me or how did i let them sh- get that open shot and pass and yeah it's it's another one of those games i think i'd probably put it'd be right in that my 11 or 12 keeps i need like 11.1 because <laughs> <laughs> keeps jumping there's a whole bunch of those where it's like i feel like again i didn't put quite enough time into this one uh i would have i wanted to play it i feel like and we probably still will we need to play it for longer yeah. for it to make my top 10 yep i played through all the leagues and yada yada and Highly, highly recommend it if you skipped over it. Hopefully, it's kind of cheap on the GameCube. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, my number seven, probably the most talked about game last year. I, I can't decide where this 
if this is a good or bad thing, but I'm going to put Starfield at number seven for me. Uh, for all of the complaints that I have about this game, obviously going into the year, I wish this would have been higher up on my list than it is. It's still a good game. There is, If you follow the main story, you follow some of the side faction quests, there's a lot there. There's a lot of clunk. If you play it like a traditional Bethesda-style game, you're going to be disappointed because there isn't mm. the... The way that you do your exploration in this game is going from planet to planet in that first landing sequence. And the things that are immediately around you is what there is usually to discover. If you go just run out, it's a lot of copy-paste. You're going to see a lot of the same stuff. That really hurts, and that's what I think initially when I first started playing, uh, this wouldn't have even made my list. But as I kept pushing myself through... There is some really fun quest lines in here, and they did some pretty unique stuff, but uh, I really hope they go back to their old ways going forward. Hey, Elder Scrolls Six, yep. uh, not on the horizon. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, I think people need to go into that game with an open mind, and the problem is I don't think people will. No. Well, and again, they didn't, Bethesda and Xbox didn't do themselves any favors. Like, they built this thing up like it was going to be the system seller, which it kind of needed to be, and... It just, it was such a different experience for from a typical Bethesda-style game that if you can just go in not expecting that, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised because there are so many systems in this game, so much stuff to do. And but, it reviewed really well. Yeah. So yeah. people that say, like, oh, it kind of bombed, it didn't. It's just, mm. there's a, a lot going against it in the year that it came out and... It yeah, is expectations. It, I think we're a little off. Well, you know, in a thing, I feel like some. I think it was with Fallout uh, when that released. The Witcher had come out too. I feel like CD Projekt Red has kind of sniped them twice. Granted, Cyberpunk had more time to kind of get better, but that Phantom Liberty releasing at the end of the month and all the free updates that happened to Cyberpunk right around when it released, the lack of loading screens and how natural Cyberpunk feels compared to. Starfield, Starfield just feels a little dated, and didn't it's, it's help weird it. that Bethesda has done that, and so has well, I can't think who makes oh. Horizon, Gorilla, Gorilla. Oh yeah, with the Zelda games, Zelda yeah. and then Elden Ring. It's like jeepers, <laughs> talk so, about being sandwiched twice. <laughs> yes, yes. So both those companies have kind of had bad luck in their timings for the release games. <laughs> yes, I'm doing a little audible to my list because I realized I did it wrong, but that's all right. My number six. Nope. You're on seven. Uh, why do I always do this? My number seven <laughs> is 2017's sort of East Origin. Ooh, okay. And so this is a prequel to East 1 and 2, which I actually really love. They are very, East 1 and 2 are very old school. You run into enemies. It's like a bumper attack. It's very strange. But East 2 is awesome. And this was a prequel to that. It kind of tells you some about the landscape and all that jazz. And this game is just grindy goodness. And I don't like grinding a lot in RPGs, but th this is an action RPG. Very interesting art style. It's very fluid. The music just rocks. It is not the best East game, but I think it's a good starting point for some people. Where do you put it in, for the East games? Ooh, I think it's like my fifth favorite right now. So okay. top tier is like East 9 and 8, which I haven't even finished 8, but it's really good. Mm. And then I really like East 2. And then, well, I guess it'd be 4 right now. So probably 4. Okay. All so right. very solid. You should definitely give it a shot. It's cool because you have two different characters that you can start with, and they play very differently. And there's a third character you unlock. I have no idea who it is. I started doing my second character run, and then I was like, I've got to move on to other things because it, it, it takes a little while to beat that game. Okay. Yeah. Uh my number six is a game. This is one on the list so far that I have not completely beaten yet, but it's not through me not wanting to beat it. It's I'm just not great at it all the time. And that is the Dead Space remake. Mm. I'm through chapter eight and I'm just struggling with some ammunition problems. <laughs> and so I'm really having to make my way through it. I cannot believe how good this game is. And I can't believe how well optimized it is. The thing that constantly baffles me is every time I haven't seen the menu screen for this game since the beginning, because every time you load it up, it goes right to the menu. You just hit back and you're in the game. There, I there's like no loading ever, and it's just there's the story beats and how they're 
I'm now to the point, and again, I didn't play it when it first came out. I don't know how I missed it, but it's, you're kind of, at least for me, from what I can tell, you're starting to get the hints that I think there's just a lot of stuff going on in our character's head, and it's the ability of trying to choose, okay, do I upgrade my suit? Do I decide to upgrade more weapons, or do I just focus on one? I'm a one person, so I'm really, that initial uh, gun, I'm just going plasma crazy cutter. with plasma cutter, yeah. Uh, it's very satisfying kind of cutting the limbs off all these different beasts, but just the environmental storytelling of like the notes that are hidden around the world or well, the ship and Ishimura. the, the low gravity, the just, there's so much. It's just the atmosphere of this game. I get so tense at moments where you just feel so claustrophobic yeah. with, <laughs> you know, boss or enemies coming all over the place. But <laughs> Uh, anyways it is a fantastic game it's not a surprise to anybody but the reason why i was a little late to it is i you know i'm i'm a shill i waited for it to come on in game pass <laughs> that's all right you so, gotta be what you gotta be yeah, you know my goodness is it an amazing game and like we said uh you started well actually this podcast all started because of game pass to yep. be honest you fell out of gaming i don't know if you ever heard our our origin story <laughs> we used to have a podcast and you know game pass really brought you back mm -hmm. especially because i gave you the okay you don't have to finish every game we play and that's still holding true to this day yep yep but no uh yeah dead space highly recommend it and i feel like dead space came out of time and kind of wowed people back then and i think it still does now and it it's a really good remake where it seems like they've added enough different in, or like fleshed out more things mm -hmm. obviously you don't know from the original but and I feel like that's a very good one, almost one-to-one -one remake and just adding a couple things. And yes. it still holds up and it looks absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it can be terrifying at times. That's for sure. Oh, yes. I get scared easily. My number six is my first 2023 game. And that is is the visual novel Paranorma Site. And the best way to describe this is it's a horror novel set in like a retro setting in Japan. And there are people who are inflicted with curses and the best way I can, the best thing about this game is well one the art style is just interesting i've never really seen a game look like this and you do have free roaming sections where you're looking around finding clues you know clicking on the screen i played on the switch but it's so intuitive and smart i'll give you an example so obviously you have in most visual novels you have like a codex or whatever mm -hmm. showing you all the definitions all the characters and timelines and whatever but there's this curse in the game where you meet this person and the second you hear these bells, I believe it's bells, uh, it could be something else. The second you start hearing that within 30 seconds, you die. And so I did, I died and it was game over. And I was like, well, what the heck do I do? <laughs> so I met him again, same thing happened. And I was like, I keep hearing the bells and this guy keeps talking to me and it just initiates <laughs> this death. So I went into the menu and I muted that specific character and then it didn't, that he couldn't talk to wow. me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All and right. this game is filled with stuff like that it is so fun oh, so intuitive creative. yeah it this is what makes visual novels even better when they can mess with the systems a little bit reminds me of doki doki literature club not in the same sphere or anything but just how you can manipulate the game mm. to get past stuff and there's a bunch of stuff like that like the very beginning of the game i knew it has like a metal gear solid moment where it's not really it's not supposed literally in the first 30 seconds so you can create your character name so this guy's talking to you he's wearing a mask he's just like hey i'm the storyteller whatever so i entered my name in i was like all right eden which is the game i for some reason that's the name i pick for every <laughs> character in any game and he's like oh didn't you mean matter of m and oh. it, like the, the music just stops and he's like just staring at you i'm like oh that's, that's creepy that is cool and then i'm like and I just click no. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm mistaken. And then it just goes on with the game. So it uses your username or looks it up somehow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's a pretty, sh it's a, for a visual novel, it's shorter. I think it took me about 12 hours to finish maybe. And very unique, very cool branching storylines and different characters. And I did not see the ending coming and it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's, uh, man, the volume thing, that's unique. That's, that's yeah, very, very yeah. unique. Oh, I like that. All right. Uh, oh, generally scary, too. I've jumped a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> jumped with a switch. That seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number five is a game that we did talk about on our podcast. And it's it's been, you know, you did this with Inside. I feel like it's continued happening with me. And this game keeps, I like it more and more the further I get away from it. And that is Planet of Lana. Knew it. 
And, you know, like we, we talked about it. I'm not going to say too much more just because go listen to the episode. We talked all about that. But this game is another one of those games where I feel like Elden Ring did this, which is a weird, I know, comparison. But it's a game built around moments. And yes. there are so many just phenomenal moments in this game. And there's just something about if you do sound design music and like those high intensity moments, right? They just really stay with you after you've beaten it. And it's starting to have that same effect on me, the games like inside and just, I catch myself going back and just thinking about it occasionally. And yeah, it's, it's possible this jumps up even higher on my list the further I get away. <laughs> but as of right now, I'm going to stick it right at five. It is an incredible game. Um, I very much look forward to, I guess the company that, made this was wishfully yes. which sounds like some you know just a like phone based mobile type maker <laughs> but uh, i'm excited to see what they do next because yeah this was an incredible experience and i believe off the top of my head it is their first game so Oof. yeah let's uh see what they have in the future for us so when i was constructing this list i definitely teetered back and forth between best games that I played in 2023 mm -hmm. and favorite games of 2023. And my list kind of keeps fluctuating. And this is one of my, f the game above it is better. And maybe not, maybe I like this one, but I, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so my number five is 2012's Persona 4 Golden. Oh, okay. So I played a little bit on the Vita, or a little bit, I played like 25 <laughs> hours on the Vita. And so this year it came to PS5, Switch. I ended up getting it for my PS5. There's something about, I like Persona games on the PlayStation, even though I love the portability of the Switch, but whatever. I sat mm -hmm. down, played through Persona 4 Golden and really freaking loved it. Uh, really awesome characters, interesting story setting. I really like that it's more in a rural area of Japan compared to Persona 5, which is in Tokyo. Which one do you like better? Ooh. I like them di both equally for different reasons, okay. and I think I'll have to think about it more, but I like the rural setting and the murder mystery of Persona 4 better than Persona 5's main plot, but I think the dungeon design is lacking in Persona 4, where it's much fleshed out in Persona 5, okay. which sometimes that can actually lead to some tedium, but I do also like that it is much shorter than Persona 5. It is not by any means a short game, but it is much shorter than Persona 5, <laughs> and that bloat can get in the way. And I will say, as somebody, uh, that has, that's an OST that I find myself listening to a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's something about Persona music that's like pop, Tokyo, Japan, but also very hard-hitting guitars every once in a while, too. The boss battle theme is so good. But there is that, I don't know what song it is, but it's like... <laughs> it's I've listened to that song constantly. <laughs> Isn't that just like the casual like walking around music? Uh, I think it's when you start a scenario. Yeah, okay, I'm maybe. finding it right now. Okay, I got the name. Like a dream come true. You know the the funny thing about this theme before we get demonetized here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry about that. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's uh the the bopping nature to the characters when that's playing too is kind of oh, yeah. It's God that song, dude. Mm. It just brings me back like. That right there makes me want to, I'm like, oh, that's my favorite game that I've played this year. The game was on my, it was number one for a while. Okay. And so I played a little bit early in the year. I had to, Man, it uh, dropped then. Yeah. Here's the thing. It could be higher. Talk to me about next year. It's one of my favorite games, but I think the other games right now to me are better, but mm -hmm. I don't know. That is kind of top 10 list in general, though. It's going to vary depending on your mood, too. Yes. And... It's not a recency bias for a lot of these other games. Just I know a lot of people, oh, I played this in October, so it's my favorite game. But, mm -hmm. you know, it goes both ways. Okay. It goes both ways. Well, my number four, then, sticking with the podcast, the first one of this year was Diablo 4. <laughs> it's number four? Number four, yeah. It, again, I would have said, because I would argue I probably put the most amount of hours in this game. So I have over 200 hours, though I have not played it in a hot minute. It has been a while for me. Uh I will definitely say this game lived up to my hype through my first playthrough. I absolutely enjoyed just getting lost in the world. My complaints with it still continue to stay. It's you have an open world. I just don't feel like they give us enough reasons to explore that open world anymore. Uh, but it's a game that like I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I see myself. I'm going to check out season three whenever that's ready to go here. Uh, 
it is just it's a well-made game it it's optimized very well i haven't had that many issues with it uh, it's diablo like the cutscenes, the you know getting to see lilith and her journey and everything that happened it was fantastic uh the thing that's interesting about it is i feel like unlike diablo 3 diablo 4 i'm talking more about the story than i am the seasons and the gameplay grind yeah you were heavy on the grind for three yeah and that's not happening with four so far for me. I keep, and literally, like, I have, I think the highest character level I just hit was, I tend to stop between 75 and 80. I can't get myself to get up to 100. Now, I'm trying to think about this, because I, I think you were playing Diablo 3 when we were doing our first podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think it's because you're trying to play so many other games right now, or is it, it just you don't have that drive I, right now it's there's been a couple times where the drive hits me and so like me and my buddy will start playing together and then it just it keeps fizzling out once i kind of unlock the highest difficulty i just don't have the urge to grind for the higher level gear in this game for some reason and i i can't figure out what it is there's it's just the and i think maybe they got to fine tune it i am comparing it to a game that i was really dying or dying diving hard i don't know why i couldn't get that out of my mouth into like the later seasons and so they really perfected everything in diablo 3 mm. and so maybe it'll take a little while and we'll see what happens with the expansion whenever the heck that releases but how excited are you for the expansion then I, if you're if story is the yeah, focus so that's the interesting thing i and we talked about this in the the episode but i don't like the route they took with where the expansion could go because i just it felt a little willy-nilly so i hope they correct that a little bit but I'm definitely interested to kind of see where they take the story because to me that is the strength of this game and i think for a lot of people that is an amazing thing i just i was hoping I'd you're be the a opposite more addicted. when it comes to yeah. diablo yeah because you were because so, we like yeah i just play the story and i'm done he's like that's not what diablo yeah. is and I, <laughs> now you're turned into that <laughs> and it's funny though because again i'm complaining about this but it's still my fourth game of the you know yeah. favorite game i played of the year so it's still a great game it just i think when the year started, I would have thought this would have been like my number one or two game. So it was your most anticipated. Yep. It's, I it mean, made the list. That's a good thing. And a crazy year, even though we didn't play every freaking game that came out in 2023. I don't know if you even can uh, for the big hitters, but yeah, it is. Uh, spoiler is not on my list, but I think it is still a good, good to great game. Yeah. And I wish I was into it more. It's funny. I'm into Diablo 3 more as well. Like I, I ran through that more. Well, an interesting. Well, yeah, no, I. It, there's no way I ever get anywhere near my hours. <laughs> Diablo three and Diablo four. I will say this: I did almost want to just throw the shout out. I did play. I think we both did Diablo two Resurrected mm -hmm. uh, before this, and uh, I enjoyed that playthrough too. Again, it didn't make my list, but I enjoyed that as well. So a lot of Diablo this year for me. Diablo's good. You know, someday I don't know if we do it on the podcast where. We should both try to play Diablo 1. We both never have. No, yeah, I haven't. I yeah. think there's a PlayStation port. I just want to play that for some reason. Yeah, we can maybe give that a shot. That'd be interesting. Who knows? You know, get through all the Diablo games. We've beaten every single one except yeah. for the first one. You know? <laughs> What's your number four? My number four is a little game that came out in 2022. Now, this was number three before, but then I started doing my favorite list, and that is Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yep. You uh, I yep. I, when I beat the game, when I can't go on the list, Elden Ring is absolutely fantastic. I have some attrition problems with the game. I I my grind to try and finish it was actually it started holding me back, and maybe I had a. Can I throw a caveat there? Yeah. The way that you played the game, do you think that affected the attrition? No, I think that actually made it better. So that's why. So I only played with my friend co-op, and we could only play when we both had time to play. We usually have game days where he comes over, we play side mm -hmm. by side. So we play for a good eight, ten hours at a time. It took me a long time, but I was starting to feel the fatigue. You know, sometimes I wouldn't play for like three weeks at a time, and I still felt the fatigue towards the end game, especially when you get to the snowy area. So no spoilers I, or anything, but I, agree I, with that, I yeah. felt it there. And I know that's some people's like favorite area. I think our little brothers, he loved that area. The beginning of this game is absolutely immaculate. Like it is so much fun. The diversity of biomes, which I'm a very big biome kind of guy. I need the diversity, which is a, a remark on another game we're going to cover. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I think the way they blend their biomes too, you don't, we talked about that in the previous season. You don't, it's not like a hard shift. It's like a gradual turning into. 
And then sometimes it is a hard shift, and it just seems like it works with the world they built. Mm. I don't know if I'm excited for Shadow of the Lord Tree. <laughs> I put, you know, over 100 hours in this game. I think I'm good for a while. But You know what's really funny? I feel like I feel the same way. It's They set such a bar for, like, developers going forward with that genre that I just I feel bad for everybody who wants to try and tackle it. I love the game. I believe it was my second favorite game last year. Yes, it was. Uh, but... I don't know why I can't get excited for that. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So I think it's very, very good. I could see this being people's favorite Souls, Soulsborne game, and I would, I would not disagree with them. I don't know if it's my favorite. I still think, yeah, you know, I don't know. I for some reason have a love relationship with Dark Souls Three. Yeah, which people either love or hate that I game know. too. But every Souls game, I feel like there's such dichotomy of, mm-hmm. oh, it's the best, oh, it's the worst, whatever. So Elden Ring, very good. Love the boss designs, like always. Uh, the one thing that's holding it back for me also is I don't love... I mean, lore doesn't affect it, but the way they chose to present some of the bosses, and I think they messed up on some of the end game bosses, hmm. where they rely on mechanics or they change things. And But man, there's some great moments in that game. Ancestral Spirit, probably my favorite boss fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a different one. Also... I don't begrudge this because games you reuse assets all the time, but knowing that you fight the s- same bosses in different areas kind of irks me. Fair. That, that, that's definitely a fair grade. That might be an open world attrition thing also too. So who knows? But Elden Ring, absolutely worth the hype that it got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, my number three, uh, I don't, I mean, I do know why. Uh, most popular, most sold game of the year. This is my daughter. She beat it. We played it together. Hogwarts Legacy. This game has an in-game problem. I'll, that, that'll be the only complaint that I'll give to it. But as far as immersion goes, this game is freaking unbelievable. The I kind of wish there was even they focused more stuff on the college itself. Uh, the school is just beautiful. Hogwarts is unbelievable how well designed it is. The fact that you have a couple of like the little cities, the towns that are really close by all the activities you get so immersed in that world and you're constantly like thinking about the books and you're constantly thinking about the movies and like oh my gosh there's this character here now it's not one-to-one different it's earlier time period but you still get to see a lot of that Mm -hmm. stuff this game is just incredible the combat is fun the storyline is fun the uh, it's it's got an issue like it was something that i found really funny that my daughter picked out so you'll have characters who are running out in the open. They'll be carrying like a package or something like that. And if you just twirl your character around and then go back and look at the screen, they're not there anymore. And so there's, <laughs> she's like, they don't have their own lives. And I'm like, yeah, they're placeholders. And so, you know, there's some things that will take you out of it every once in a while, but there's so much to discover and just getting lost, running around the college, finding all the secret passages, the unlocks, you know, just decking your character out in different costumes the fact that the uh, clothings actually have bonuses to them. You can enchant them to make you stronger. It's such an incredibly well-made game. And it's it's good for the one playthrough. Uh, if you want to... It gets into it... It goes too far with some of its like side quests. They're not that great. Uh, just focus on the main storyline itself. And I think you'll have an absolutely amazing time with this game. Maybe someday for me. Maybe someday. Maybe yeah. around to it. <laughs> and that long list of 2024 games. Now, <laughs> this next game it's not, is not a better uh, design game than Elden Ring, okay? This is why this is my favorite list of 2023. And that is 2000's Breath of Fire 4. <laughs> I, have, I have a love-hate relationship with this game, but I feel like, yeah, this has been a game. You- I've been playing this game for so long. I think I started this game in 2018. I finally finished it this year. And I think I've maybe I've told this story before, but I will play like 10, 15 hours of this game and freaking love it. And I just will drop it for months, sometimes even years. And <laughs> But the culmination of it. It's a weird it had, recommendation. Yeah, me. exactly. Uh, the culmination of it, it has... One of my favorite parties in RPGs. I think they're very well done and they're very unique. There's a ninja dog. There's a looks like a trash can that, but it's a robot. It just reminds me of a trash can. It's great. It's basically R2D2 with legs and arms, which R2D2 has legs, but you know what I mean. And I like the dual story. So you have you're following the protagonist and you're also following the antagonist and how they're linked together and how they're eventually going to meet up. And it's a very interesting story about 
passage of time, religion overstepping, pacifism. Pa I cannot say that word. You know what? I mean? Being nice to each other, okay? <laughs> and I like that it takes a lot of inspiration from Chinese Eastern culture, Chinese culture, mm. and it is probably the most beautiful pixel art and animation I've ever seen. It is gorgeous to see in motion. And the care, the enemy designs do all like these cool movements. It's just every single time I got in the battle, I was like, oh, this is really cool. And it has a very unique battle system. So you have three people, but then your other three are in the back. And they can't fight or anything, but they recharge their, I forget what they call it in this, but like think action points. And so okay. then you can swap them out as they regain. So then your people that you started with are now gaining their AP back. And it's so cool. And sometimes they, the people in back will then enter in a, like a super move to help you out or heal you. And it's just so well done. And there's two things I will say. There's one moment in this game where you finally find somebody you're looking for. And it is like fucking devastating. The storyline that they went through. And it's just like, oh, that, that's what this culminated to. And it's just surprised me. And <laughs> another moment, speaking of the tin can urchin, who is this talking robot that's just super funny. But you were walking around in this forest, and uh, there's something that's invisible, like, finding you. And all of a sudden, he just turns his character and headbutts this fairy, and it just, like, comes out. <laughs> and it's the funny. Like, I, la I died laughing. I was like, it's just so random. Can, can I ask something real quick? Why is it that you kept putting it down? Because Okay, so obviously you have random encounters, which are hit or miss with me. Whatever. It is kind of slow on the loading portion they do this thing where it's a, everything is in a kind of like a diorama so you press the r1 l1 to rotate the camera okay. and there's some weird things with that but i, I already actually, tell you based on my control issues i already hate the sound of that uh, so exploring <laughs> the town i think it's cool though every single town you go to if you hit r1 or r2 you might see a hidden nook and alley there might okay. be a chest That's behind cool. there there is some weird mini games which i think for some people mess with the pacing. I really like the breakup of that. I think some of the dungeon design is interesting. You can't, you do a lot of backtracking once you go into dungeons too in the earlier part of the game, which again, pacing issues. There's also this one part, you're out in a desert trying to figure out where to go. It's very complicated. <laughs> so it has some old school mentality things that uh, or game design choices that kind of hold it back. But I think I'm very big on final bosses. The final boss is freaking awesome. You turn into a freaking dragon for your main character, and so you have super cool moves. That's not a spoiler for the end of the game. That's literally uh, what okay. you do in the beginning of the game. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, when they transform into a dragon, they do this cool screaming mode. There's uh, fun, unique things you can go out and find, like extra dragons that you can summon. It okay. is right. everything I love in a JRPG. And the another cool part is you can find these people around the world that are masters. And then when you select your character as to teach under them, it gives you different bonuses. Okay. How many, how long did it take you to beat? 34 hours. You know, obviously <laughs> there is uh, me dying in between and mm -hmm. you know, there's probably a little bit more, which is kind of funny. It took me, a 34 hour game took me about five years. To that, beat, that's what yeah. I, that's kind of why I laughed. Cause like 34 hours is again, that's, that's a decent game, but for you, I was kind of expecting this was going to be maybe slightly longer because of how long it took you. Yeah, to I know. Which is very strange. And that could be a detriment to that game, but I think animation storyline, character makeup and the resolution to the story. Freaking awesome. Man. Okay. Ah, oh, it's so good. Well, Breath of Fire maybe, 4, baby. Hey, your number three game. That's pretty good. All right. My number two game is my first ever game from Black Salt Games. I can't reiterate this game. I've talked about it, I think, multiple different times. It's Dredge. Oh. Uh, so I have, my brain. <laughs> I have beaten the game. I still have some side activities and stuff that I actually want to do still. Uh, I think the best way that I can explain this game is so last year, my favorite game that I played was Outer Wilds. And I said discoverability and just how naturally it happens and your curiosity for things, that this game does that in the same way where you just are like, hmm, what is over there? And you just go. But then you have this issue where basically you can get across like long gaps of ocean quicker by boosting yourself. But the problem is, is that the more you boost, the more hallucinate, uh, the more you hallucinate 
and there's these monsters and stuff that can come in and damage you and there's different like infections that can get onto your ship it's a it's a very simplistic game but there's so many layers to the unlocks and things to discover that it just naturally you're like hmm why is this old man on this tower you go there you, he has a story so then you have to go discover something you're like, you know and it doesn't ever tell you usually where it's at it's just like oh i think i've seen that and so you go and so there's a whole lot of that and it's it's just such a simple concept because you could literally spend the first 20 days of the game just in the first starting little spot and just fishing making money. like there's no time-based stuff in the game interesting okay and you're just like, you know what? I want to make money because I want to upgrade this in my ship. But then when you go out further, you're like, oh, I can. This person has more things that this person didn't have. Oh, I need to upgrade. Th- oh, but I can't fit that in my current thing. So there's a lot of that too. Oh, it's it's just one of those games. It's so simplistic, but it's so beautifully done. And there's so many moments where things will attack you. You're like, what in the hell is that? And like, you're just oh it's so good and like i had i had a period this sounds like a frustration where i got attacked by a monster out in the middle of nowhere and it damaged my motor and so i lost the ability to just do nothing else but glide (laughs) and i hadn't unlocked the ability to like teleport to different spots at that point and so it's like it literally took me in real life like 10 minutes to get to the next island because i was freaking (laughs) going so slow and i'm like are you kidding me right now but for some reason that none of that ever frustrated me there's just there's so much micromanagement because you have like you can go and like drop like crab pots out and then they have a cycle of how long until you know they're full but then they can get repaired so you got to pick them back up but then you got to make sure you have enough room to pick them back up it's just it's so good it's so good i cannot recommend this game more to people I did not check it out, but it's your second favorite game of yeah. Oh, so 2023. much fun. Twenty three, so good, so so good. Yeah, it's on my two playlist. The art design is um, unbelievable as well. All right, all right, all right. Indie game, getting up there. I like it. My number two is I don't have a number two. It's my list. Screw you, Larry. Don't look at me like that. Wait, what? I have a tie for number one. I can't pick. So, well, you got to give me at least one of. Or you nope. Get... Okay. My number two. I right. got one. I have so one. I, guess... I have one A and one B. No, not even that. I have one A and one A. It's like too bad you didn't have two A and two B. Near. Uh, all right. My number one is a game that I think about more than any game this entire year. I have the largest love hate relationship with this game that I've ever had. It's a game you recommended to me, brother. I have no idea. Chaos Child. Oh, what? I what? Can <laughs> not just describe how much I love this game and fucking hate this game at the same time. <laughs> Some of the decisions that were made in this game drive me up the fucking wall. I, but at the same time, I was so enthralled with this game. And if we ever have an opportunity to talk about it, I think we should we should definitely do this more. It's Wow. There's a lot here. And there's you made, you asked me that there was a moment you were wondering, you're like, you, you wanted me to get to if I ever played this game. And I have a prediction. I think I know what it is. That's a good sign, actually. Uh, I will just say uh, it has to do with a character named Itu. If that is my prediction for it, and I'll just stop it at that point. Mm. Uh, yeah. This game. Now, here's the thing. This is my only caveat. Uh, I put a lot of time into it, but I only played it through to the common route. I have not. So I made. I beat the first eleven chapters. I have not done the alternate stuff because of some decisions that were made that freaking <laughs> pissed me off. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, okay. I, I know exactly what you're. I I have a feeling I know what you're t- talking about. So, wow. But this is weird, man. But but as if you don't know what Cast Child is, it's a visual novel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I haven't even got. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is a visual novel. So technically, this is only my third visual novel I think I've ever done. So you recommended Doki Doki. I freaking hated Opus beyond all belief. I uh, mean, Opus is a visual novel, but dude. Don't listen to him. Opus is the oh, you know what? Technically, best long burn game ever. Okay, technically it Slow would be... Slow romance, baby. Listen to that episode. Technically it's four, because I I, also, I played Norco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and then... Yeah, and then this one. And so this one right now of those would be my favorite. And I would uh, say out of all those, Cast Child is the most traditional visual mm-hmm. novel, mm-hmm. which is another thing that I think works against it, but also works in its favor, so... Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. I would have never guessed this would have made my list or whatnot. But like, I'm honestly I, shocked. Yeah. I. I can't stop thinking about this game. Uh. It's. It does that. 
mm-hmm. it, I'll stop it there. But yeah, no, it's if you're someone who wants to get it, I don't know if I would reckon. I'm trying to think. I haven't played enough visual novels to know if this is a good starting point. Technically, there's it's Chaos Head. Yeah, can't wait for it. Which I did not play. It, it was not localized for a long time, or it was only on PC. I can't remember, but I played Chaos Child, started there, and that's totally a good starting point. I think. Okay. All right. And it's over-encompassing in the Science Adventure series, which is Steins Gate, uh, Robotics Notes, and now the newest one, which I can't even think of, whatever it is. I bought it. Why? <laughs> of course. I, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're looking at me like I'm going to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's, Anonymous uh, Coat came to yeah. me. It came out uh, 2014, so it's been around for a while. It's uh, Yeah. It, it's an experience. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, no, it's, it's the game. You know, you made the rule of, like, you talk about, like, your best favorite game, best game. I kind of, with this one, I also just add in, like, just the game that I can't stop thinking about. Yeah, so, and that's a great recommendation yeah. for number one. Let's hear what the heck your 1A and 1B are. So my number one is two games because they both have a little bit of flaws, but they both have enthralled me. And is one of them Zelda? One of them is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The other one, Final Fantasy 16. The other one is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so cool. I've started playing Fire Emblem Three Houses this year. So 2023 Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 2019 Fire Emblem Three Houses. You are Nintendo heavy. <laughs> I am very Nintendo heavy. So there's only two games that made my list from 2023, which is very strange. It's Paranormal Sight and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, both Switch exclusives. Well, I actually, I think you can play Paranormal Sight on PC, but are on Steam. Whatever. These are some of my favorite games of all time. They both have issues, but their high moments are incredible. I'm not a big strategy RPG fan, and I have played Fire Emblem Awakening after Fire Emblem Three Houses. It didn't make my top ten. Good game. Didn't. There were some problems with that one, but fun, fun game. That's some of people's favorites. I think Three Houses is incredible. The way they change from one scenario to the next. You know, the beginning part's a little bit the same until this time jump that happens but mm. i freaking loved the red story and then i play blue i'm like oh my gosh maybe this guy's my favorite <laughs> now and so i've never had a game where it makes me want to play over and over again usually when i'm done with the game i set it aside so like you said with the common route of chaos child you were done i thought i was done after red and i was like i kind of got i want to play again mm-hmm. so i played and i was like now I'm going to 100% this game. I know I'm going to. I'm going to okay. play Yellow's route, and then I'm going to play the alternate red route. And my God, it is such a joy to play. There are problems with it, and I think I've me- mentioned those in my quest along. Like, the school stuff can be very tedious. It's kind of fetch questy. That's, but that's my, that was my complaint with it. The one thing I do like about that is you can pair that back... Or you can just do all that. And I love that the game gives you the choices to do that. Mm-hmm. And the new game plus having you be able to take some stuff over. I love that you can make any character whatever class you want. You know, previous Fire Emblem games from the one I played and the ones from what I've read about other ones, characters are kind of set into their own roles, which mm-hmm. can be cool, but I love the customization. You know, on the first playthrough, my main character was a sword-heavy person. And the next one, I was like, no, I'm going to make him ride a dragon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or a wyvern, whatever. And I love that they are not set in stone like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like if it's this high up on your list, maybe I should give a second shot down the road. Yeah, I, it's hard to say. You know, I think there's some, you know, it's anime characters, but I think the character little skits are great. Kind of reminds me of the Tales of series in that regard. But there's just some characters I freaking loved. And seeing how they change and how they ended up after crap went down, it's great. You know, some people don't love the story. I think it's great. And man, it is so freaking good. And I've now played as Byleth as the male presenting and as the female. And I like both the voice actors. They don't have much voice acting in that game, but it's yeah. more, mainly everybody else. But man, I the change up that happens in blue is so unexpected and it's amazing. Oh, I got that. He's uh, he's my wallpaper right now in the background. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we have Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is also my number one. I think the first twenty hours of this game, I did nothing. I just wandered around. I had to actually force myself to get through it, which sounds like a bad thing, but yeah. I was having so much fun just wandering around, tinkering with the world. I thought I would not like the building mechanics, but mm-hmm. the experimentation you can do, it's just so fun. you just like, all right, I'm just going to glue these together, see what happens. 
that level of discoverability and the techniques you get, like Ascend, where you can just yeet out of a dungeon, <laughs> like it's it shouldn't work, and you could, you try to break the game and it just doesn't work like that. And one, Ganon Daddy, dude, I lo- this version of Gandorf is freaking incredible. I think it has one of the best ending boss fights in any Zelda game. The hype is real around that, and I love the you know the below area and the Sky Island. I think what they added helped me you know you're in the same world but they've added so much differing things to do that i felt more excited about it breath of the wild also got some we'll call it negative feedback with weapon breaking and uh an open world with nothing to do which i totally disagree with i think there it what makes it special a little bit is the silent moments in between areas and they fix weapon breaking. They're still weapon breaking, but you just combine mm. items and they last longer. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. what a ingenious <laughs> fix. <laughs> and I feel like it's like the most Nintendo way of yeah, fixing a problem. And like, oh, so you put a jumpy thing, like a bouncing mechanic, like uh, there's like this spring mm-hmm. uh, material on a shield, and you go up to somebody and just make them fly back. <laughs> like the amount of stupid stuff I did just because I was like, maybe this will work. And it does. Because yeah. the game just lets you do that. And I can't say that about a lot of games. Now, my problems with the game is some of the side quests, I feel like they're just filler side quests that a lot of open world games suffer from. Mm -hmm. But between the incredible music, even though sometimes, you know, it still does the Breath of the Wild thing where it doesn't totally give you the full song, but then it does and it makes more impact. I, yeah, man. And it has by far my favorite Zelda dungeon ever. And wow, the interesting part about these dungeons and what I really liked about them is the lead up to the main dungeons are part of the dungeons to me. Mm-hmm. And there, the Zel- the Zora one is incredible. Like you jump into these little floating balls, you the, to unlock the dungeon is incredibly intuitive and fun. And I just had a blast the entire time. Eh? I just that says a lot about a game, by the way. Yeah, too. and. Uh, there's no question it's my favorite Zelda game that I've ever played. It's incredible, and I know a lot of people do not like the open-world design. They want to go more traditional dungeons even further than Zelda Tears of the Kingdom did. This, uh, no. I like this. So, real quick then, I I just, because I kind of want, like, this prediction from you. Do you think they stay the Zelda open-world formula going forward? No. I think... So here's the thing. Sales-wise, they should, right? It's yeah. the best selling Zelda by a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom combined. I think they're going to take what they've learned and structure that around an in-between. So not go back like to the... Yeah. More? Yeah. yeah, not go back to the traditional Zelda, but I think they will do a hybrid of both. So then my last question for you then is, do they do a mainline, mainstream one first, or do you think they come out with the Ocarina of Time remake first? I think they'll do a remake first. I don't know if it'll be Orkery of Time. Just in, in, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think they will visit their back catalog while they're prepping the next one. Yeah, And it is totally okay if you think Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and Tears of the Kingdom are overrated. For me, it hit exactly it's your, it's what I list, want. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it hit me where I struggle. I love Zelda games, but I struggle to finish them. And Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I had no problem finishing. Now... I could still, I, I think I spent like 67 hours with Tears of the Kingdom. That's like scratching the surface. I barely did anything in the open world, but I just had so much fun. And I plan mm. on revisiting that game and playing it again, whether it's for a podcast, probably not, <laughs> but, or just for my own enjoyment, kind of like I'm going to do with Three Houses. Mm-hmm. Both absolutely incredible games, and I'm a Switch boy for life now, apparently. So just if you're all keeping track, the two brothers... Our favorite games of the year were Chaos Child, Zelda, and <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. So the hour two, we have a list of three. <laughs> yeah. And if you'll notice, Final Fantasy 16 and Sea of Stars are not on my list. Yeah. Okay. So Sea of Stars, like I kind of think I understand Final Fantasy 16. I'm kind of curious about Sea of Stars. It. I did not connect with it. It's a beautiful looking game. I did not like the story. I didn't like some of the characters. I thought I thought the main characters were just kind of throwaway. They're almost they should have just been silent protagonists in my eye. But it has one of my favorite moments from there's two favorite moments from 2023 that are in that yeah. game. Yep. So they're very high moments, just like Final Fantasy 16 has. The video's on YouTube, by the way. Yeah. Crap, whatever. Who cares? Uh, 
I think Final Fantasy 16 also has some great high moments, but to me, that one lacks in game design itself, where mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the stuff you do in that game is pointless, and that doesn't work for me for yeah. a favorite game. I enjoyed my time with both games, but man, that was my number three and four most anticipated game. Zelda was my number one. Yep. It made my number one. Which is pretty cool, yeah. But those dropped way off. So, okay. So, I want to do this then. I know our lists aren't always about, clearly, games that came out in 2023. What is the one game that released in 2023 that you really, really want to tackle? Because, again, we'll remember, 2023 is a special year for video games. There's actually two. Can I have two? Go for it. Uh, Alan Wake 2 and Armored Core 6. Yeah. You know what? Armored Core 6 keeps slowly going up because I keep hearing so many just it's a consistently good game is what I've heard from a lot of you Alan Wake 2 is definitely the one that I want to check out or the ones that I missed and I know there's quite a few of you that have played that game I'm curious do I have to play Alan Wake 1 Mm. let me know I know Matt Storm again you're huge into the Remedy games so let me know. Also, I think Control also had an but They're Alan all in the w- same universe, right? Yes, and yeah. I believe Control had a DLC that tied in Alan Wake. Do I need to play that as well? I have mm-hmm. played Control, but I have not played that DLC. Feedback would be great if you get this far into this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful 2024, and I hope you have an excellent plethora of games to go through. Uh, my backlog is rising and rising, and there's some highly anticipated games, but 2023 awesome year for gaming for us and yeah i played some of my favorite games of all time so who can complain about that not me